It's Monday the 16th of December 2019. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm lucky to be joined this week by Nikita Hammer-Patterson, a PhD student in English specialising in film and extreme cinema, and by Ruv broadcast journalist Ingolver Bjartni Sigfusson, who is currently best known for his work on Kvekud. Welcome to you both. Thank Thanks. You. Allegedly, are you best known for your work on Kvekud? Um, I think you probably. Are. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what I've been doing for the last three years anyway. It's a great program. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's fair to say uh, the big story of this week has been the weather. Uh, six days since the Great Advent storm hit. Um, I'm sure we'll want to analyse the aftermath of that somewhat. In other news, the Samheri whistleblower broke his silence on Roof this week, while the temporary CEO of the company told Norwegian media he doesn't even believe anybody was bribed, or that Samheri engaged in any li- illegal activity whatsoever. The head of the Namibian anti-corruption police says he has now been in touch with all stakeholders here in Iceland and hopes the journalists involved in the case will be willing to testify in court. Public consultation into whether Iceland should put its clocks back by one hour is over and the government is expected to either submit a bill early next year or to do nothing at all. <laughs> the number of jobs at Landspitali National University Hospital has gone down amid cost-cutting, but the hospital's workload continues to go up. Althingi has added two extra days of debates and agreed to certain opposition demands in order to be able to close in time for Christmas this week. And talking of Christmas, uh, this is the last programme of the year, so it might also be nice, before we finish, to talk a bit about the festive traditions here in Iceland. So where would you like to begin? I think it's a logical start to talk about the weather. I mean, that's all we talk about most of the time anyway, no, no matter what's happening, right? Yeah, we talk about it when it's always the same. Yes. And this was really exciting. Mm. So Indeed. Dramatic beyond the normal dramatics. Yeah, yeah. Let's start the weather. It was in the capital city. We had a few broken windows and, and a couple of trees down and it was quite exciting. Mm. Uh, not a lot of snow. But elsewhere in the country, it's had an incredible impact. It's one of the, the, the worst weather phenomenons that people remember, isn't it? It is indeed. It is as uh, I can't remember when we had such a wide-ranging impact, mm-hmm. uh, ranging from power outages, not least, <clears throat> to just, well, there were some very sad news. We had a, a young boy who was assisting a farmer who was hit by basically frozen sludge and fell into a river and lost his life in a tragic accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, the effects were more wide-ranging than I thought. And it also was a bigger test of uh, our infrastructure than we've had in quite a while. Uh, probably in many ways a, a, a needed one because you need a stress test every once in a while and uh, there were a couple of things that failed, mm-hmm. which, which will definitely lead to a discussion, but also hopefully to some improvements. Mm. And uh, topics about whether always comes back to climate change. So if we are anticipating that things are going to continue escalating um, all around the world. There's no reason they wouldn't escalate here as well. So absolutely, this is uh, this is a time to consider. I mean, it's, it's interesting because you mentioned climate change. The general impact in Iceland has been slightly warmer weather, slightly l- sort of less snow in winter, slightly less chilly winter. Mm-hmm. Overall, not a net negative in terms of just 
quality of life had an impact on, on a negative impact on fisheries and, and some of the fish stocks. But I think people didn't really expect that. Well, we saw some weather forecasts to say last week is that we could expect more of these storms to hit up because weather patterns are changing, wind patterns are changing, and we might be hit by these uh, more than every couple of dozen years or whatever it is that we have them yeah. right now. So uh, that means... If that is the fact, that means we have to make some changes. Absolutely. I mean, one of the, what happened here is, I mean, we we do have very high winds sometimes. We do have very heavy snowfall sometimes. This time it was both at the same time, mm -hmm. and it was just the right temperature, about zero minus one yeah. sort of. So you had it was wet. Yeah. It was wet, wet and you and had heavy. to. Basically, it's very interesting to see the pictures of, of uh, electricity cables. Yeah. Yeah, these big. I mean, this is not like your clothing line. It's a big, thick metal cable, you know, mm -hmm. a couple of fists wide. Uh, but when you have sleet and snow uh, and you have temperature around the freezing point, they basically get coated by a very thick and heavy layer of, of frost mm -hmm. and they crack. Yeah. So, I mean, whole like wooden poles have been broken in mm -hmm. half and just lying on the floor. They just go like a row of toothpicks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. And then the the metal ones, they they withstood it, but the the lines bend and, and they go down like a clothesline. It's yeah, indeed, they do look like a very expensive, very high, tall clothesline, but then they snap also. Yeah, and it wasn't just electricity; it was also all the Flights went down, or the roads were closed. That's normal. We get this. They yeah, them the day as they should. That's to be expected. Yeah. Every, you know, but then also a few the days a week. communications yeah. as well. Uh, the mobile phones mm -hmm. were down in places. Um, very important. House heating went down yeah. Yeah. because the pumps are run on electricity. Mm -hmm. Yes, that needs looking at. I mean, when it's un below zero in people inside people's houses and they've got no electricity for three, four days, mm -hmm. that's life threatening, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Potentially. Potentially, absolutely, and I think I think there are also uh, impact, the impact of modern technology that we haven't given that much thought. Uh, that mobile mobile phone transmitters run on electricity, and electricity, if it's cut, that they don't work. Okay, that's to be expected. We all thought that our landline phones worked perfectly normally, irrespective of the weather, because landline used to be sort of a copper cable somewhere deep underground, and it wasn't really reliant on electricity. But now. Lots of homes in Iceland, uh, whether you're in the bigger towns or you're outside, are hooked up to fiber optics. So what you basically have is a landline, but at that landline really ends at the router in your house. And after that, it's v voice over IP. Mm -hmm. No electricity means no IP. Mm. So landline also doesn't work if you've got one of those. Mm. So... Uh, and we rely on, on internet and, and text messages to get information to people about what to do. Well, if there's no communication, that's a little difficult. So there's, even here within Ruv, we have some soul searching to do. You know, how do we, we still have long wave radio transmitters, uh, but not a lot of people have radios that uh, can tune into long wave, even if they do. Do they even know how to? Do they think of it? So how do we make sure that we as a public broadcaster can get out necessary information? No, officially, we're part of the emergency uh, systems in Iceland. Uh, how do we do that if FM and whatever is internet-based uh, gets knocked out by, by by a storm and you know, there's no electricity and people don't know how to tune into the old long-wave transmitters? And even one of those went down. And even one of those 
went down. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> we were just very privileged here in the southwest, in uh, here in the city, uh, just looking outside at like cozy. Cozy Christmas weather. People are having at home complaining on Facebook. This isn't such an exciting storm. It's like you're safe. You're at home. Yeah. You're safe. Uh, everyone's accounted for. So what? You have one more night at home with your kids. <laughs> Just lean into it, maybe. But it's interesting. I mean, we get a lot of of <clears throat> reactions to our story, and then uh, when people think that we overcovered or overdramatized something, they will let us know. And initially, that was the reaction because the storm sort of hit the the west and the south of Iceland before it hit any other part. Mm-hmm. And an interesting side note: we had a story a couple of years ago about the biggest forest in Iceland. Do you know what area that is? The biggest forest, technically speaking. Hatlamstad. No, you would think because that you think of as a forest, but it would actually be the Grand Metropolitan Reykjavik area. Okay. <laughs> because in the last 30, 35 years, we've planted a lot of trees. Yeah. trees They've grown the fairly tall. And, There's trees yeah. all over. That's why if you have winter storms, which 20 years ago when I was a kid, well, let's be honest, 35 years ago when I was a kid, <laughs> uh, would have, you know, been howling between houses. Now yeah. you have tall trees and it just feels different. And it's different mm. in a winter storm in Iceland, in Reykjavik. Uh, but as soon as you get outside the city... It's the, the good old barren landscape and the winds are howling and you basically get blown off the street if you're driving a car there. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that people react initially to the over-dramatization and then they see what happens uh, in the less yeah. densely uh, populated and less but more barren area. It's interesting. That was really illustrated last week because people I spoke to personally, like people that are living in 104 or 107 or something, and I didn't really notice it. It didn't affect me that much. Mm-hmm. And then other people living out on Celtianness, it really affected really us. Really felt that one, yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was exposed uh, open sea. I'm right by the university, and it, there was no damages. And the morning after, it was, uh, the snow was covered in twigs. It was just the trees were really shaken mm. to their last loose branch. But um, it was just so noisy. It was just noisy, just howling, windy, but nothing flying. People were home, cars stayed in, in their parking spots. So, mm. uh, we're we're lucky. That you was... don't think it's cozy? Uh, you know, I think of it as cozy. Just you know, it, it's cozy. Turn down the it's... lights, put on a couple of candles, listen to the wind howling, and eat something or drink something. Well, I, that's the thing. I you agree. know, it's uh, you go to the store, and you buy the snacks. That's what you do. And I always thought it was so funny um, growing up in the States, whenever there was any hint of a storm, the all the milk and bread ran out. And then all the milk and bread ran out. So <laughs> yeah, I that's what who, you do. Who decided that milk and bread is the thing we need most? I in generally a... <laughs> don't have either of those things in constant circulation in my own home. Um, but I, I usually run in for the, the candy <laughs> stock, you know. I just don't want to be at Makes home getting... Mm-hmm. Getting a craving. If you really want to be prepared, canned foods, yeah. energy drinks, probably Fill powder. Fill the bathtub with water. Batteries. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just yeah. Eat, yeah. If you want to be a prepper. Yeah. <laughs> eat the snow. That's um, yeah, that's one way. So before we move on to another topic, um, what next? What can they do? What should they do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And also, maybe would making the system perfect, would that cost too much? Can we even afford to do it? Well, I think if we were quite honest, a lot of the things that we saw happening, with, which had to do with generators not being there, 
for the eventuality that the power was cut or the generators are only being uh, powerful enough to run for 12 to 24 hours instead of maybe 72, that obviously has to do with money. You know, there is a cost-benefit analysis that somebody did somewhere, uh, probably in more than one place. Um, probably a few years ago. Quite possibly a few years ago. Uh, you know, austerity was a big thing here less than a decade ago, which may or may not have had an input on some of those scenarios. Now they have to be revamped. And uh, if we expect people to be able to live outside of the densely populated areas, mm -hmm. then we have probably have to make some changes. I mean, there's been a, a public policy to try to bring fi fiber via inter uh, internet via fiber, so really high-speed internet, mm -hmm. to the last little village or even farm in Iceland. Uh, maybe we should give some thought to electricity and uh, and sort of the things that might be slightly more uh, necessary than Netflix. I mean, Netflix is high priority, but... <laughs> but, you know, house but if the milk and bread... <laughs> but, <laughs> you, when you run out of the milk and bread... But no, it's... Um, I will say, though, that um, despite people complaining about uh, not getting a big enough show. I, in general, it seems people were following the the warnings to stay inside, yeah. and I think that's something that you know, just not just the infrastructure that we're testing, but to you know, give news a chance not to just assume everything with the weather is just dramatics. That it's mm -hmm. okay to take caution and wait it out. Sure, it was okay in the city, and people seem to be fine, minus some windows and some trees, but. Um, there is always something to. I find there's been a, somewhat of a change in, in mentality because we used to be more sort of almost like pirates of like, well, you know, nobody's going to. Yeah. yeah, you know, oh, oh. And then people had to be rescued from, you know, whatever road or whatever mm -hmm. they were driving. Uh, mm -hmm. Perhaps not in, well, not in immediately life threatening situations, but still. But now people just sort of heed the warnings and go like, well, you know, do I really need to go to Salfos today? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe yeah. just tomorrow or on the weekend or, you know, chillax. It could be possibly setting an example as well because we see tourists getting stuck and then they get criticised for that. Oh, it's so oh, stupid. Oh, it's very, and very fun to laugh at that. That's a good yes. point. And but so then people are thinking, well, maybe I should set, set Not be a stupid it's, tourist yes, myself. Yes. Just that, you and know, the rescue squad, they have families too. Excellent. And uh, it's not cosy being outside during this. Or they don't get to sit at home and, you know, eat their bread and milk. But... Um, <laughs> I think that's that's the thing is whenever I hear about people being uh, ambitious and wanting to go on an adventure during the storm, I'm very quick to remind them that they are fools, and this is there's nothing to prove. Mm. Yeah, people that will come and get you have families too. Don't don't ask too much of them. They're working hard as is. And on that note, let's move on to the next topic, whatever that will be. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, is that mm. yes. well? I mean, related to the weather, is a topic that we can talk uh, talk about in this country uh, endlessly. Was there sort more news than that? Typical, <laughs> typical sort of hate the topic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, if we want to jump into that real quickly, which was the discussion about should we move the clock or shouldn't we? Oh goodness! Yes. 
Yes. So this came <laughs> Goodness, <up>. yes. <laughs> and then we could see on to the discussion about whether we should sell liquor or wine and beer in public oh, stores. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. The Clark one is interesting <laughs> because it's people care. People have got opinions on either side of it. They do. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I was engaging in a in a discussion online with a friend, and I was saying, oh, I personally, I would rather we kept it as it is. And the response was, well, don't you want to be healthier? Ah, uh, you're uh, against health. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> uh, the, the, you know, things, our opinions and ideas of good health tend to fluctuate and bounce between trends of how we diet, how we exercise, how we, you know, make routine of our lives. And something that is always uh, true, though, is you need to sleep. And sleep is extremely important. It's extremely important. It's extremely important. And we're all very bad at it. Mm -hmm. So um, I personally am not a morning person. I don't think there's a word for it. I'm actually asleep right now. And um, so the, the proposition is hilarious to me that they can impose some kind of education to teach me to go to bed early. And really express to me how I, it's on me to, you know, make it, better health would decisions. Would it change if they moved the clock or would you just move your bedtime by an hour? I mean, it, it would change in the sense that um, I might still be doomed because there's not enough coffee in this world to make me full, a, a full, complete person in the mornings. I'm just doing my best at all times. But when I worked in a, like a grade school with children ages 6 to 10, and they come in in the morning, um, they have breakfast, and then some of them are staying well into the afternoon, depending on their parents' schedules. I thought I was tired in the morning. Children are also tired in the morning. Yeah. And I think if uh, if anyone can benefit from this, maybe it's them, and maybe that's a, a, an investment worth making <laughs> in better health for children. Yeah. The crux of the story is that Iceland is on a very strange time zone, isn't it? We're, yeah, we're, we're just same... this little exception yeah. to the lines of the globe. So our noon, if you will, the high point of the sun is at roughly 1.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So moving it back, it would be about 12.30, which is a little bit more normal. Mm -hmm. The trade-off for that, of course, is that at the moment we get longer light in the evening. Uh, especially, I mean, December, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, when you get to like gen <laughs> late January, February time, you really start to notice it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I suppose that's what is getting people's back up to a certain extent, that people are like, I want to have my evening. The summer. The summer also Please. doesn't really matter, does it? Well, it's we have these two very dominating uh, chunks of the year um, that aren't that aren't helping our sleep schedules to begin with. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I, 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 I'd rather be rested, I guess. That's <laughs> fine. Go I out know, on your I, lunch break. I'm not con entirely convinced that the problems that we're trying to solve will be solved by moving the clock, to be quite honest. And I think there are elements such as, well, I mean, I, flights out of Iceland, they're general, at least on the Icelandic airlines, leave early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And they're not really organized so they fit the Icelandic 
clock they're organized so they make sense while they land and leave from Europe and reach the US then on the same plane basically after having a short stop over in Iceland reaches the US at a sensible hour of the day so I don't think they'll change that time mm. it'll just instead of having to catch a flight at 7 in the morning I'll have to catch a flight at 6 in the morning mm. you're already not waking a, up it's not a big deal but that's one of those things and it's just a question of would it just make some more sense because I think it's right that kids at 8 o'clock in the morning they're just They're not yeah, ready. No, Even no. if they're waking you up and ah, I'm awake, play with yeah, me. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. Yeah. They're not ready to go do the thing. No, it's a lot. They've got again, a long day. To maybe head it just makes too. more sense that school starts at nine and keep the clock as it is. Yeah, yeah. or both. School starts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really campaigning for my own issues here. All of my school started at nine when I was growing up, and I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, the thought of starting at eight instead was would have been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also the question of business, though. Um, we're currently on the same time as the British Isles and Portugal and one hour different from Central Europe. That except would be, in summertime. Except in summertime. Yes, in the winter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So then it's an hour extra in the summer. Which is funny because Greenwich is in England mm. and yet England isn't on Greenwich Mean Time. In the winter it is. <laughs> well, in the winter it is, yes. Yeah. Greenwich Mean Time doesn't technically... We're not on Greenwich Mean Time. We're on Universal Time Code 1 or something, UTC. It's, Isn't it the same? Yes, it's the same, but it's not the same on paper. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. These distinctions <laughs> are very important. Exactly. But, yeah, so moving in the summer, then, we would be three hours away from Germany and France yeah. and, and, and Sweden instead of two. That's that's significant then. Would that have a negative impact on business or would we just get around it and it would be fine? I I'm not business centric. I've seen just in um in pop culture how we are praising morning routines that are kind of inhuman. I think Mark Wahlberg wakes up at like two o'clock <laughs> in the morning and does all these different things and people are like, Well, that's amazing. It's like, no, that's strange. I think That's Mark Warburg should sleep a little more and just be more conscious when he's reading the scripts of the movies he's been doing lately. So <laughs> that's an argument for sleeping a little more, though. I, that is, that's a pro-sleep argument, isn't it? Yes. But um, this, you know, the way we're kind of just pushing our these morning routines that you're a powerful and successful person if you can, you know, maintain this type of routine and glamorizing it. Just be a robot. It. Not just a conscious a one, but be a robot. I mean, you can still do that no matter what. Uh, time the clocks are set at so i i i don't know mm. but i feel like there's a, a lot of um options here we are moving pretty quickly in our communications anyway we have uh we have free will to wake up when we want to an extent <laughs> you depend- want to wake up earlier that depends on how, means. <laughs> on how good the government's education program is maybe it's lost on me 15 years plus i been working on this mm. i'd love to see what they they could uh teach me but the, the the case about the prisoners argument now that we conduct so much via email and and electronic messages you know and you don't you know apart from the fact that there's you know no respite from email you get them in the morning you get them in the evening and you get them in the middle of the night mm-hmm. um you don't have to reach someone by phone or you know What is that? That strange typing machine that they used to send messages before, you know, even before the fax machine. Telex. 
Was it? Yes, telex, exactly. You don't need to telex someone during business hours. Mm. They will get the damn notice on their phone whenever you send it. Yeah, it's quite direct. It's too direct. Yes. So that's a different kind of thing we can have criticism about, about how sure. too in, in, intact we are, uh, too connected. But, you know, is that too connectedness really going to hurt mm. if we're on a different time zone? It sounds like, you know, we have a... Mm-hmm split second between communications anyway. That's true, and it all comes through on your phone. If it's a really urgent email, you answer it at 10 in the evening regardless. Mm-hmm. Sadly you do, yeah. yeah. And if it's not, then you leave it for the morning. Indeed. Right. So is our conclusion that we don't know, we don't have a, we don't have a conclusion, is that...? <laughs> the conclusion is uh, there is no conclusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's such a good public discourse. Yeah, it just goes on and on. And in the new year, as a result of this inconclusivity, do you think the government will put a bill forward or will they just let it go and carry on as we are? I kind of feel at this rate this could just be the everlasting debate. Yeah, that's we'll one die of those things. Debating just, about this. Yeah, it'll just <laughs> pop on a couple of more years with you know, a slightly nuanced argument and, and still go nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see it happen. Oh, just one more thing. When I, a lot of the more mountainous towns around the country, like in the Westfields and things, there's a certain time of the evening when the sun goes behind the mountains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like in Isafitha, for example, it's about 8.30 in the evening. So if you're having a barbecue, a grill party, then you want to be, you know, it would be better then than if it was at 7.30 in the evening. Priorities. To lose the sunshine. There you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All these things. Different people in different regions have got different opinions. Farmers, I'm sure, have got different opinions. Yes. As well. Right. We are slowly running, quickly even, running out of time. That's what um, weather and time will do. It's oh, hot. It <laughs> <laughs> we have, well, those are the hot topics. I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe we could finish with a few words on um, on Christmas plans and and. Because uh, I assume not all of our listeners have spent Christmas in Iceland before. Mm. Why is it unique? I mean, apart from apart from darkness, everything. Yeah, yeah darkness. exactly. Well, given the fact that we're you know, in theory Christian, but really just completely heathen or atheist and consumers. Yes, we go kind of we kind of go all, go all out on Christmas. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's a good argument to be made that even before we were Christians, uh, roughly thought 1,100 years ago, um, we were heathens who sort of celebrated winter solstice mm-hmm. around this time. So that's one thing. But it's also, it's very dark. It's a great excuse to eat a little too much and give people some presents, gather your family, overindulge for Almost ten days. Yeah, it's and a lot of salt. And I'd be really salt. glad when it's over. Yeah, salt, a lot of sugar, sugar. and uh, other. It's you know, literally fats. not a healthy dish in sight for ten days. No, and mm. if you if you have a moment to yourself, by all means, eat a salad. Yeah, be good to yourself. That's cheating. I think though, um, what I like about Christmas in Iceland, and compared to because we would we would hold Icelandic Christmas even though we were in the States. So mm. we, we began on the 24th. It started at 6 o'clock. Everyone was in their fancy fancy clothes. You're wearing something new. You don't want the Christmas cat coming after you. And when people ask, like, what happens, you don't want to know. No one wants to die. You, you, you just don't want to know. But um, now that I'm, I'm not a child anymore, that's the <laughs> many years of failed learning to go to bed at the right time uh, has proved that. But I... 
my mother and I, we like to hold a much more relaxed Christmas. There's not the same kind of structure to it. So it's, I've been kind of experiencing that weird liminal um, moment when the clock strikes six and not having to be like dinner on the table yet. We've been actually going to the graveyard after six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere is just, it's so special. Because everybody in general is doing almost the same thing, mm. it the energy's different and it's really peaceful. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when you by that time when you get to the cemetery, there there is the most of the people have been putting their candles out and it's just gorgeous and it's peaceful. And I I don't know how to compare that feeling to anything else anywhere else. Mm. Uh, it's really beautiful, and I think that it's become like one of my favorite. Christmas things now, just that kind of heaviness of things actually coming to a halt. So one of your personal highlights is of doing something different to what everyone else is doing. Yeah, and, and feeling feeling the impact of what they're doing by doing it differently. Yeah, I think there's a we switch a lot of things off. Uh, we may not even be completely conscious of it. Uh, I'd be very surprised or I'd be interested in seeing the Facebook and the Instagram statistics for especially the 24th, but even the couple of days following that, because everything is switched off. Everything is closed. Mm-hmm. Everything is kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. There's a structure. It's not quite as strict as it used to be, sort of. Mm-hmm. This has to be done in this order at this time. It's sort of like, take a breather. You know. Yeah, it's so much like building up to it and all the marks you have to hit, yeah, and then yeah, it just sure. kind of free flows from there. <sighs> yeah, yeah. You release. get a few days where you, yes, you eat too many chocolates and you eat too many salted, you know, a lot of salted meat and whatnot. But uh, it's a strange. It, it's an interesting atmosphere. It must be strange being a tourist here, where you where you come to partake in something, and. You're sort of just left in the middle of the street, yes. sort of wandering the empty streets, which may be, may be interesting, but possibly not what people were expecting. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if you can anticipate what that feels like. It's um, just like somebody switched society off and nobody told me about it. <laughs> I had a, a old family friend uh, kind of show up to Iceland between Christmas and New Year's to feel bad for himself. He was going through some things, and he came here to be alone at the edge of the world and go take photos in the countryside by himself. And Perfect. Uh, I found out, and he got absorbed into the Christmas festivities, like second day of Christmas was when we, we scooped him up. And it was, uh, he, he leaned into it. It was good for him. Mm-hmm. But that was the thing. He came here to be isolated, and he still couldn't be. <laughs> he got soaked up into Christmas regardless. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, the show is actually over now because we've run out of time. That's it for another week and indeed for another year. Um, thank you for being with us in 2019, and please do join us again for The Week in Iceland on Monday the 6th of January. Enormous thanks to my guests, Nikita Hama-Patterson and Ingolver Bjartni Sifusson, and, as usual, to Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. We end the programme with Roof's official 2019 Christmas song, commissioned especially for yesterday's EBU Christmas concert at Hallgrimskirke, which was broadcast live by classical stations all over Europe. 
by Harley Hatrimson. The song is called Mean Bernskriol, or My Childhood Christmas. It is performed by the Scola Cantorum Chamber Choir, conducted by Herdert Auskelson. Bye for now. <laughs>